What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Sports Medicine Broadcast, a podcast to promote and improve your practice as an athletic trainer. Over the last two podcasts, we've talked about being an athletic trainer dad. We talked with Larry Cooper because he is a retired athletic trainer and he has adult children. We talked with John Seco and Ryan Stevens just about the life stages, about how to set goals. And then this time, we're going to use what, for me, is the sharpest tool for getting better as an athletic trainer dad. And that's my wife. So since we're recording at 7.45 at night, which is the latest I've ever recorded a podcast, my wife can't be with us because she's putting the baby down and my kids to bed. But I've got my friend Ryan Stevens and host of the the Catalyzing ATs podcast and some of his colleagues out there in New Jersey, the New Jersey area. So we got Dave and his wife, Annie McCune, and uh, Dave works at Rutgers, and then Kevin in... Kim Bryles, and Kevin is the president of New Jersey Athletic Trainers Association, and they are joining us today. Uh, Hopefully, Kim and Annie have some funny stories and some dirty laundry, but not too dirty, not too dirty. This is sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash ATDads3, sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash ATDads3. So, Ryan is going to be leading most of the questions, and we will go from there. So Ryan, take it away. Awesome. Well, it's a, it's a pleasure to co-host with you, Jeremy. Uh, always, always great to collaborate. And um, when, when Jeremy approached me about this idea of, you know, bringing, bringing the wives into the mix and uh, talking to some athletic trainers who've been in the game for a long time and uh, who might be interested in having their wives here, uh, Dave and KB are two of the first people I thought of here over here in New Jersey, bring a little East Coast flair to the Sportsnet broadcast. So really excited to, to do that. And, uh, you know, Dave and Annie, KB, Kevin, and Kim, glad to have you guys on the show tonight. And, again, tonight is all about being a family person, being a family man, family woman, with a, an athletic trainer in that dynamic of the family. Dave, you've been doing this for 33 years. KB, what's that, uh, 24 years? That's why we're all bald. I'm catching up. <laughs> um, but uh, you guys have been in this game for a long time. And so we wanted to, to hear a little about your stories, but more importantly, from the perspective of the person who's in charge of your household on the other side of the, the plate here. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's get started. First of all, real quick again, Dave McCune is the um, the uh, head athletic trainer for Rutgers University football. Uh, the also the assistant uh, director of athletics, director assistant director of athletic training at Rutgers. Uh, KB, as uh, Jeremy mentioned, is the president of the ATSNJ Athletic Trainers uh, State Athletic Trainer Association, of New Jersey, and he's also a district athletic trainer and he's assistant to the athletic director at Delsey uh, in the lovely. Township of Gloucester, is that correct? <laughs> county, you got it. You got yes, it. the county, not Gloucester, that as we talk. Gloucester. So, that's a quick, quick update. But uh, I want to get to the good stuff here with with Jeremy. We want to know how you two met. So let's start off with Dave and Annie. Give us a real quick story of how you two met and uh, ended up coming together. Um. I'm a PA when I was in PA school and we were doing, going through rotations, we got to choose an elective. I chose sports medicine and I was placed at Rutgers with their team doctor. And I met this guy. I told her, uh, uh, we uh, asked her out, but I said, not too after you're done. But a funny story with that is 
she denies it, but we went on our first date and she kept getting texts. I go, she's trying to get an out for this date. You know, her friends all have to go. I got to be friends, you know, but she denies it. But I think she's no, trying to get out. I really out. did have plans after. <laughs> so. Awesome. So, uh, so Rutgers football brought y'all together. How about that? Yeah. yeah. That, that's pretty I'm awesome. Rutgers, so I've been a Rutgers She's a Rutgers fan my yeah. whole life. Oh, that's all. My that's, that's... Were like, oh, you're dating him because he works at Rutgers, for Rutgers football, right? I was like, no, it's, it's a plus, but I wouldn't date someone for that reason. You wanted the free tickets. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, Kevin and Kim, what about you? You want to? I was, uh, I was working at Delcy and uh, he's an athletic trainer. So I was coaching and I went in his office and I asked him where our water jugs were. And he went nuts on me. He, he was like, that's not my job. I don't get water. I'm not water boy. And uh, I immediately, you know, I was like, Oh, sorry, tough guy. But you know, it, it was, it was just put me in my place of what my expectations were in a, of an athletic trainer. Um, so now, <laughs> hey, that, whatever it takes to make that first impression, right? <laughs> it, it, it was Ryan. It was funny. She walks in. I'm like, she has a lot of nerve. I'm like, well, she was also kind of cute too. So that's <laughs> my girls needed water. <laughs> oh, there you. That's not what I do. I was like. Oh, <laughs> And, and how, many, how many years have you been married? 20. Yeah, 20. 20. Awesome. And Dave and Annie? Seven. Seven. Awesome. Jeremy, what about you? How'd, how'd you two meet? So Sarah's at home, like I said, putting away, putting the kids to bed. Um, but in, at college, Houston Baptist University, it was my, I think my next last year, her or my last year and. She's three years younger. So we were at a like a sorority dance type thing. And she was with some other guy. I was with some other girl. And the whole time at the dance, we kept checking each other out. So then like the next day at lunch in the cafeteria, I went and sat next to her. And I got her phone number. And she was like, well, he's always around these all these girls. I don't know, you know, I don't know if he's just wanting to be friends or whatever. And so then the girl that I was at that dance with came and sat by me too. I was like, oh, shoot. So... I got her phone number. We hung out. It was like right before Christmas break. We hung out, started dating, and then the rest was history. So we've been (laughs) together for, we'll be 16, 16 years married this summer, I believe. Maybe 15. I can't, I get those for, so. (laughs) What year was it? (laughs) We got married in 2005 because I got, I graduated in 2004. So, so it should be 16 this, this summer, right? Yeah. Hey, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, and just for a little backstory to uh, my wife, uh, unfortunately, she couldn't uh, couldn't join us tonight. I don't know if uh, she, she's not one for being in front of the, the, the camera like this. But um, Jamie and I actually met in a Christian chat room in AOL way back in the day. AOL. <laughs> way back in the day, you know, you had to do a disc. And, you know. <laughs> so um, we met when we were in high school. I was in Pennsylvania. She was in New Jersey. And we met in an AOL chat room and we kept in touch for five years without ever meeting in person. And then senior year of college, I was at Penn state. She was at the college of New Jersey. We were both single at the time. We were chatting a bunch online and I called her on on her birthday or the day after her birthday. And we just connected instantly. She came out to visit me two weeks later and the rest is history. And now uh, this, this July we'll be married for 15 years and uh, 15 years and four kids later. So, it's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. You got mail. 
That's right, you my male. <laughs> she had me at A slash S slash L. <laughs> so, um, you know what? Now we got the backstory. There's a lot of years of, uh, of experience here in, in marriage. So um, let's, let's give a little perspective to the listeners. Annie, give us a little bit about your background. You know, um, what does your life look like right now? You know, your work life in comparison with, with Dave's, um, your family life schedules, et cetera. Give us kind of a snapshot of what we would see if we had the cameras there at the McCune house. Craziness, but um, well, right now we moved back to the area. So we lived out of state for a few years. We moved back to the area in July um, for his job at Rutgers. I left the job over there. So I was waiting for my license. Athletic trainers have the licenses too, so you know how it is in New Jersey. And with COVID, it took forever, so I didn't have my license for a while. Um, so it took a while looking for a job. She was doing DoorDash, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Just to get some kind of income. Uh, so I was home with our son. And then now I am working part-time. I'm still looking for a full-time job. But that's one thing with the life of uh, being the wife of, of an athletic trainer with his hours, especially division one football, I can't, there's a lot of jobs I have to say no to in my field because my field also has a lot of jobs that want nights, weekends. So I have to find something office based Monday through Friday, really, because we have a young child. And um, I mean, especially with the COVID stuff, we were, we we're testing at 545 in the morning. Right. So the staff had to test first. So it was such early days. Uh, it's just nuts. So right now I'm working part-time with virtual school too, makes everything, everything's different this year than it would normally be. Virtual school, luckily there's a daycare in our area, even though he's in first grade that we can send him to and he does his virtual school there on the days that I work. I'm kind of enjoying working part-time. I don't mind saying like that. <laughs> yeah. But, All right, so uh, any, I'm sorry, I didn't sorry. mean to cut you off there, but you mentioned staying at home with your young child. Can you tell me the number and age of your kids? So we have a six-year-old boy here with us that we have together. Um, Dave has two boys from his previous marriage, but they're in college. They don't live with us. So right now, they did before when we were here, before we moved out of state, um, gotcha. part of the time. But right now, they're both in college. Cool. So, so right now, it's only the one six-year-old at home. Gotcha. He's enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a six-year-old, too. That is a... Busy age. <laughs> yes. We took him out tonight to get him in bed sooner. So <laughs> he might show up behind you. On the... <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So, um, tell us real quick before we get to, to KB and, and Kim. You know, this time when when Dave, when you got the job, when you came back to Rutgers, you know, how was that experience living separately? You know, being being states apart. How did you manage that? Well, for me. Uh, I was living in a dorm for about a month and a half. Then I rented a room at a crack house. That's what I called it uh, basically for a while. And uh, she actually came up or not like stayed in it with me for a couple of days as a visit, but it was definitely unique having to call all the time or, and lucky FaceTime has changed everything. So especially with our, our little one, mm -hmm. FaceTime him made the world of difference. I think for him. Yeah, we would FaceTime all together every night. It, it was tough this year. Like that, I'll admit, it was from January, I think he moved up here, and we came in July. Um, and he was with us for a few months because of COVID when things were shut down. But I was working full-time. Alex is in school, and it was just me and him. And then he was missing his daddy. So that was, you know, 
and um so it was it was a rough few months we were we were shut down and i was back down in virginia i was 24 7 with him so i got my payback first i guess uh <laughs> up here then. <laughs> As, that's the only you know if you had to find something positive in the past year where he wouldn't have been with us all that time he was able to come back to virginia and be with us for a few months so that was helpful that's a beautiful positive and silver lining of COVID for a lot of people as the extra yeah. family in a lot of different ways. Yeah. So my job, I was there. I mean, yeah, medicine doesn't shut down. We were exactly. busier, you know, I couldn't stay home or work from home with my job. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. All right, Kevin and Kim, what about you? Uh, let's start with uh, Kim. What would we see as a glimpse into your life? Kind of give us a picture, you know, your coaching life, your coaching schedule with his athletic training schedule. We know coaches never tell us when they're going to practice. So, you know, do you even like let them know when you're going to be home? <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're ships passing in the night. It, it, it's, I am an early riser. Um, he gets up early as well, but he's, it's his, he's late nights. Um, where, you know, so the fall season is always rough between football and field hockey. Um, most nights we were getting in, I, I would walk in sometimes at eight 30 and literally climb into bed. You know, you haven't been home. We are, um, I'm very, um, in awe of the parents who have younger kids. My kids are older. We have a 15, a 17 and a 20 year old. I do not know how you parents have survived the past 10 months. It is barely, you deserve like <laughs> superhero status. I, I would have died um, because, you know, just trying to keep your kids safe, but also entertain them with the same sense that the world will be okay again. Um, we did not have, you know, we were on the lucky end that, you know, um, where our kids were older. Um, we have a special needs son, um, and so that was, uh, although he, he he loved it. He was rooting for the virus, I think. He loved being home and having, he was like, he, he hasn't went, been out of pajamas in 10 months. You know, he's living his best life yeah, right now. So. He, he's, he does go back to school. Yeah. Why? I, this is great. You guys are here, and I'm like, well, we're not here anymore. Um, I mean, us being home from March 17th onward, he, he couldn't have lived a better life. Um, for a couple months, but uh, it, it's it's crazy, but it, it's a good crazy because it's normally, um, you know, you get through it. And fortunately I worked at Delcy. So a lot of the families and, and the, the people that he's talking about, um, um, I know them. Um, I know them, the parents or the kids. And so it's, it's very personal. Um, it, it's it's rewarding. Um, he He's also, you know, the physician to most of the area families. Hey, come, you know, and we always joke, go grab your black bag and run to the neighbor's house. <laughs> someone needs a quick check. You guys know, you get the calls too. You you all get them where someone has a quick question. Can you just come over? Uh, you know, um, but that's quick awesome. lunch, 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We usually get a good craft beer out of the bill line or something. So, you know, it's, I guess that can be the copay. Right. That's true. That's true. But it's, it's like I said, it's, it's good. Um, it's it is, it's crazy. I, I agree with Annie. It's just, it's, I think all of your wives would say the same thing. It's a good crazy. Um, we're used to it. Um, I think we wouldn't know any other way mm -hmm. than this way. Um, and yeah, life would be boring <laughs> otherwise. 
Yeah, I hear you. Jeremy, how, uh, you know, how, how was the dynamic with, with you and Sarah kind of going through the, this uh, coronavirus times? You know, what, what does she do for work? And like, how was, how was your schedule affected? After graduating college, Sarah taught elementary music. And then during, in that third year, she got pregnant with our first son. And then she's stayed home since then. And our first son is 10 years old. So she's basically been a stay-at-home mom for 10 years. And during that time, she's also become the children's minister at our church. So it's really part-time, really just working Sundays, but every now and then has like a, a staff meeting every week. But, you know, like a Friday event or Saturday event, something like that, like some sort of family event at the church. Um, and so for the most part, she is like full-time stay-at-home, but she does do that at the church as well. So it's been super awesome with the with her with the kids, but her also having that elementary music or that elementary background because teaching the kids at that age is not something I'm really good at. Like I'm pretty good at relating with the high school kids, but she is really good at relating with those kids, and so it works out really well for us. Um, and kind of like what y'all said, for me, the pandemic was the best thing because I didn't lose my job. I still got paid. I was at home for, you know, six months or whatever it was without having to leave. And then also during that time, you know, like you said, Mar- March 10th, I think was a spring break. And then before spring break ended, they said, we're not coming back for two weeks. Now another two weeks, now the rest of the school year. And then on April 1st, we got our foster daughter, which we've now had for 10 months. And so that was, you know, couldn't have asked for a better time there during that, but um, right now my wife will take the kids, drop the, drop off the three boys, which are 10, 8, and 6 at school, and then spends most of the day hanging out with our foster daughter, picks up the boys, manages homework, which is a crazy time because right after school, getting all of them in and settled and snack and all that stuff. So it's really, it's really a pretty stressful time for her right then during the day. And like even... Even uh, just this week, she asked me, hey, can you pick up the kids on Wednesday? Because I have a dentist appointment for one of them, but the other one I can't pick up. If I'm at the dentist, I'm like, I can't. I have games at 4 o'clock. I, 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 there's nothing I can do. And so just having to find those other people, um, that's kind of what her schedule is like. Yeah, and that's that when you – first of all, the, the timing for you adopting a child and then being able to spend all that time home to build that bond and relationship – with, with your child that that's amazing the timing of that you know that's a true blessing and I think we we got so caught up in you know the everything going on with the virus that a lot of people didn't stay grounded in the moment and realize and appreciate the fact that they are getting that time at home with their family and and you know like uh, Kevin and Kim and, and Dave and Anna you mentioned like it just it was unexpected you know, um, I, I never stopped working because of my role at the hospital, but like my kids, of course, all came home. And those of you who listened to the last episode, you heard a little bit about my family. You know, I've got four kids, 10, nine, six, and just yesterday, my youngest turned five. And, and I don't know what I would do without my wife. She's, she's like an absolutely a godsend in taking care of them. So I don't have to worry about that stuff. And, you know, but I'm also very, very present. I, I aim as much to be, you know, all of you guys who see my social media, you know, my kids are like, they're, they're a priority in my life. And um, I, I really try and be present for them, but I wouldn't be able to do what I do without her doing what she does. And just like you said, Jeremy, uh, my wife, Jamie went to college 
to um, be elementary ed, uh, study elementary ed. So I see those skills come in handy, you know, with uh, just getting you, know, getting the kids to to get things to click, and you know, just the way she handles things is is, is pretty awesome. So it's definitely a blessing. So uh, Annie and and Kim, we appreciate what y'all do, and Sarah, if you're when you're listening, we appreciate what what you're doing, and my wife, I appreciate everything that she does. And this last year definitely tested that for a lot of people. And let, let's talk about not just a little more about how the last year tested you as a family, but also how does having an athletic trainer in the household, in the family dynamic, test you as a family? A little bit, maybe get into a little more with schedules or just, you know, having to go to courses. And, um, you know, let's start with Kevin and Kim, you know, and, and both of you chime in, like having that dynamic, what, what's difficult about it? What, what are the pros and cons? there are some pros to it you know you think about she has to be you know she gets up at 4 35 o'clock in the morning to get her to her school on time um my day doesn't start typically till 9 30 10 o'clock so i i play the role of mr mom in the morning i make sure you know robert gets on his bus kevin needs where to get where they need to go um kim's sister lives with us as well too um she's a 51 year old um woman that's i i would i would say non-communicating autism yeah um, so between Robert and, you know, the way he is and Jen and the way she is, it, it definitely makes for, for interesting mornings sometimes, but for me to allow her to get out the door and not have to worry about that component of the day, you know, hopefully that's my contribution to make life easier all around. He matches the socks too. I, don't I match like the socks. <laughs> I, I like fold laundry. That's good TV time. You always put a game on. I'll fold them laundry. Not a big deal. So, you know, in, in the evenings, it's a little bit of a different ball game when she's getting home. We're lucky with the fact now our, our kids, most of our kids, Robert gets the bus home. Jen gets the bus from our work home. Um, you know, Kevin's the typical 17 year old high schooler. So he kind of skateboards in whenever he remembers to. And, you know, our, our daughter's a sophomore at Fairleigh Dickinson, so she's kind of in, in and out, too. Um, so Kim has more of a presence in the evening. Right. Jeremy mentioned something that really sparked a reminder, because it's been so long, is we had a great support system. Um, and, I, and I think <laughs> I remember the days of orchestrating. We orchestrated our entire fall season of who was getting the kids each day from the bus stop or from daycare. Mm -hmm where they were going to be. And it was, it, I mean, those were moments of with our blackberries, like, did the kids get picked up <laughs> Who's there? and, you know, and here your pager, you know, yeah. like it, it, it was those times, um, where we were fortunate that we had grandparents and aunts and uncles and friends who mm. all helped us do what we loved doing at a time where our kids were all over the place, you know, um, and so it was, we would have never been able to do the things we loved without that support of people who loved our kids when we weren't there. Um, and so, but Jeremy reminded, cause it's been so long since we had yeah. to orchestrate those schedules. It's a different life now. <laughs> and you know what, that, that reminds me too, a lot of the, you know, the, the whole professional aspect of being an athletic trainer is you have to work interdependently with so many other moving pieces around you and you, you got to have those teammates outside your walls. You got to have those people you can rely on to, to get things done. So there's an interesting parallel 
as well there too. So because Kevin's a great athletic trainer, of course he makes a great dad. You know that. <laughs> and I think honestly, we're fortunate. Probably all of our jobs, um, bringing your kids, there's something to it to let them see what you do and let the people see that you are a parent as well. You have something outside, and you know, making sure that you could still do your job with your kids sitting on the you know bench or wherever traveling around with you. And, and we would pick and choose those days. You couldn't do it every day. But you do it once, you know, maybe once every other week, just so the kids knew where you were and the, and that your teams or, you know, that they knew you're still a parent too, you know? Dave and Annie, did you have a chance to do that much? I was did actually, your, I mean, were, were your kids ever with you in the room or? Yeah, I mean, our, our little one, a little bit was with him. Um, at the last school he was at in Virginia. Now, since he's been at Rutgers, that's not an option. He's not allowed yeah. to go there. Different game. Yeah, he would get a roller and roll out, do what they have to do with a copy with Dave. It was so funny. Uh, he'd come <laughs> roll out and stuff in the rollers and stuff. But uh, yeah, he used to love doing that. They'd put lacrosse helmets on him and stakes and let him run around. So, uh, you know, know, he got to experience that. His older two used to go a lot. My older two, uh, they were younger, but they would, I'd put them in timeout face down. They'd fall asleep on the floor. Forget about it. They'd fall asleep on the floor, you know. Uh, so like, oh, these kids are in timeout. They're face down, you know. Everybody knew to leave them alone. So it was what, funny. What I always enjoyed too is the way that my athletes, and again, I, I work in a great town with great people. How they would scoop them up right away, and it's like, it, for instance, you know, if if Liz was six years old running around at a girls' soccer practice, all of a sudden I had forty-seven babysitters, and like, we'll call you when we need you, Dad. Beat it. And, um, and so that that was always again I, I work in a very supportive place and i'm i'm sure you guys all experience the same thing yeah absolutely i think it's good that now that with our spring season it's way less and like she's home twice a week for their job and i'll get to stay and, and take alex to you know do daycare in the mornings for her she doesn't have to leave us early so that is a i guess a blessing disguise that you know mm -hmm. things are way less relaxed or way better more relaxed and i can help her more yeah. I think we got to really enjoy the time we did have together. So we either we all go do something together. Or I'd say, Hey, I got Alex, you go run errands. Cause you don't need two people hanging on you, you know, go be by yourself a little bit if you want. Yeah. So I try to give her her space when she needed it too, just to be alone. There was say two people hanging on me, not just the child. Tell yeah. <laughs> us about that with Annie. Annie. So, you know, when you get that space, you know, how important that is that to you uh, to have that time, you know, when, with everything being so busy. Oh, it's very important. But one thing I want to say is a lot of people think, um, and Kim might agree with me, like, oh, going grocery shopping by yourself, going to the store by yourself, that's you. That's me time. That's free time. Like, it is great, and I do enjoy being able to go by myself. It's a lot easier, but I still need me time. That doesn't count, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Unless it's Wegmans. <laughs> so there, I, can I tell the story about Christmas? Oh, yeah. So a couple, was it, I think we had just moved here. Um, so it might've been five years ago, Christmas time. And I was out of my mind. We had just come out of the fall seasons. It was Christmas. We were still getting settled, taking care of my sister and, and, and adjusting mm -hmm. as a family. And we were supposed to go to this event and I wanted to go, but I just needed everyone to get away from me. And I said, and, and I looked at him, I go, get everyone out of the house and don't come back until I call you. And they all left. And I was like, oh my God. And I just locked the doors. I turned the TV on. And I remember nice. just 
And he's like, can I come home now? And I'm like, no, like just, I needed everyone to get away from me. I I didn't want to hear my name. I didn't want to hear where's this. I didn't want to see a dish in the sink. And it was like the best treat. And when they came, I like, I needed my Zen moment, but it's, I like, again, I remember those moments um, of just, and he just goes, okay, okay. And he just scooped everyone up, sister included, and got out of Dodge for the day. I I don't think you came home to like midnight. You were like, I don't know, am I allowed? (laughs) Well done, well done. (laughs) Sarah has echoed a a similar thing to Annie there's, I only have one person hanging on me instead of two or whatever. She's like, yes, Jeremy, I, I love you, but I don't want you there pawing at me or, you know, trying to hug me or talking to me or anything, telling me I need to do dishes. Yes. I, I just need that time alone. I just alone, just, just to do whatever, whether if, if I want to sit and watch TV, then that's what I need. So yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Especially, you know, uh, Jeremy, you and I, you know, we're, we're thankful and blessed to be able to have a situation where our wives can be home and, and taken care of. But it's easy to get home after a long day of work where you're already drained and whatnot and just want to like, sit on the couch and veg but you know we need to also give them a break as well too and you know take take all the kids you know i'll throw all my four kids in the van we'll go somewhere on take them with me to the store just to give a break because like you both said you know uh kim and annie like you know <laughs> it just you need that break and you need that separation at times. I, I applaud your wives because I, I working at home i can barely do it during the summer <laughs> to stay at home with my kids and I don't know how um, people are able to do that. I think it's the toughest job. A stay-at-home parent, mom or father, mm-hmm. is one of the toughest jobs because I think you you long for that adult interaction, but you're taking care of kids all day. And it, it's a, it is a – I mean, thankfully, you guys appreciate it, but it is a, it's a thankless job because everyone thinks you're just – you're oh, you don't have to work all day. You're working harder than most people. Yeah, and it is. It's one of the toughest things. Um, I, 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 I would never have been able to do it. <laughs> and and I, that's so. That's amazing. I, I applaud your wives. Absolutely. Well, big, big shout out to all athletic trainers' wives out there watching who who do that in every way, shape, and form. We we definitely appreciate that. Uh, David, I want to talk to you a little bit, you know, again, the, the dynamic of having an athletic trainer in the household, but for you specifically working at Rutgers Athletics, it's a, it's a high stress job. It's, you had more exposure to people, even though y'all were in a very well handled bubble, you know, just, you couldn't get away from the athletes during football season. And like, there was always that risk and you had all those people. So like, how did you two handle that? exposure risk and like just the stress of you having to go do that um you know and then annie you know working your other jobs too trying to keep you know your family healthy and whatnot how was that experience i think the fact one of the good things about working him working in division one is they're able to test a lot yeah you know being so fact that him coming back negative all the time made me feel a little bit better Um, i'm not saying i tried to i wanted time off but i couldn't get it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but then also once I started working part-time I was I had the same risks too so we're both bringing it home hers is probably worse because she works at a place that she does what I, history and physical I work in a film. COVID clinic not with sick patients but I do COVID testing yeah. um 
She so, sleeps. She sleeps in the garage a lot. No, no I'm kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, before that and even now, just the fact that they test so much um, gave me some comfort. But I know, you know, he's in a medical field too, not just me, and he knows what he's doing and he's smart about it. You know, you have a lot of people that aren't smart about it. Don't wear their mask right. Don't wear their mask. Don't do what they're supposed to do. You know, I had that confidence in him. He's doing the right thing. That's good. And that, that trust and that confidence goes a long way in making you feel better, you know, not always being as worried about it. Right. But I did like that they were testing a lot, <laughs> you know. But plus well, moving back near her family, we couldn't spend time with if we wanted to either because it was just, it was different, you know. Yeah. Right. Whatever. Yeah, and I worried about, you know, now that we're close to my father, who's older, and bringing it to him. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's tough, but we did well. Absolutely, absolutely. And look, look where we are. We're already uh, almost 11 months into it, you know. <laughs> we, we've, we've gotten here so far, so we've got to keep trucking. Um, all right, so you all saw this question on the prompt that Jeremy wrote up, and I'm, I'm willing, I'm excited to, to hear what you all say. Your family mission statement. Um, let's start with you, Jeremy, uh, on this, because I know this is something that is very important uh, to you uh, to take ownership of. And we, we want to hear a little more about uh, the, the McCunes and the Browse family, too. Um, Jeremy, start us off. What would be your mission statement for your family, or do you have an official mission statement for your family? What would it be? So a lot of people will say they, you know, want their kids to grow up and do great things or be successful and those kind of things. But for me, I want to raise my three boys and hopefully our foster daughter to be godly men who are productive members of society who positively impact the world around them. So that's what I say to them all the time is, you know, I want you to positively impact the world around you. So if you're a teacher, uh, impact those teachers and the students you work with. If you're a garbage man, then the garbage man, you, you know, a soldier, whatever it is that you do, I want you to positively impact the world around you. So that is kind of like the the driving force or that's, that's what it is when we're raising the kids, we want them to positively impact the world around them. Um, in that shapes how we treat them or, or how we raise them. So Kevin, awesome. I love it. What about you? The Browse family, what do we got? It's four words came to mind. I think driven, first of all, I, I, I would like our kids to be motivated and we're too pretty, we're, we're a little type A. Um, I think she's a little bit more type A than I am, but but I, th I think both of us were driven, we're type A. Um, I think our kids need to be compassionate. Um, I, I think civility and kindness, it's just, everything's just so nasty in the world right now. And, and if we can promote that sort of mentality where you can be strong and still be kind and you can still be decent I, I, I think that's the mentality we need to push on to our, you know, to our children right now. So, yeah, I, 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 Robert, I mean, the civility, Robert. the, the kindness, the compassion, I think we're so quick to jump on people and it's like, it's not what someone's saying or it's, you're trying to understand the why and, and to how to kind of, um, I, I enjoy relationships with people. And, and I, I think, you're not friends with all the same types of people. 
And so everyone brings a little splash of color to your world. And that's, um, I hope our kids would engage in that type of, you know, and, and Jeremy, I couldn't agree with you more. My father used to say that all the time, no matter what your job is, do it, do it well. But also remember the job isn't your life. It, it's, you do your job, you do it well, but your family comes first. And, and, and so balancing that has always, I think for us sometimes been a struggle because we care about our jobs. And so sometimes we have to remind each other, it is a job, do it well, but you gotta come home. Because we deserve, our family deserves the best of us. Um, and, and you need the reminder, ooh, we look like floating so, heads. I, I'm sorry. This, <laughs> this is what happens at 927 sitting in our house. At 927, we the have to make popcorn, popcorn made. Yes. and we have to charge our iPad. We can't do that at 929 or 926. We have to do it at 927. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, sorry. I apologize. <laughs> That's all good. That's all good. I, you know what? Great, great tips. And you know what? You also just got to roll with it and smile and go. <laughs> David Annie, David Annie, what's the key? say that we uh, are probably the most opposite type A. We still have the cloth blinds, the test blinds from Home Depot hang hanging behind us. We haven't gotten blinds yet for our house. It's more but, uh, financial. Than yeah, yeah. Just, else. you know, it's like we're, we're definitely just relaxed about everything. And I think that's key with us is being able to be relaxed in the situation as well. But, but there are little guy and I do with my older two. I, I, and it's kind of weird. We do the same kind of thing at Rutgers, but I've always been that way is to teach my kids trust to do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it. Like with my little guy's virtual school he's on. Sometimes he likes to wonder, which I get it. He's sick still, but like, Hey, pay attention to the teacher as on the, on the speaker kind of thing, teach him to do the right thing. And to be kind to people, no matter who they are, what they do, because I think you got to treat people the way you want to be treated. That's what I, what we were going to say. What I have written down is always be kind to everyone you meet, um, no matter who they are, no matter what they do or don't do for a living, no matter what they look like. You don't know what someone's going through. Also, even if someone's having a bad day and maybe not the best to you, you don't know what's going on with them. So always try to treat everyone kind. Be respectful of that. Yeah, absolutely. Be respectful of people. Powerful words, powerful words. Um, I'll keep mine short and brief for, for us. It's just, you know, you will be loved and you will love like at all times, you know, my kids know no matter what, they're always going to be loved. My wife and I feel strongly about that. We're always going to be there for our kids. Jeremy, we, you know, we talked about this at the last, uh, in the last episode, you know, just no matter what happens down the road, just always knowing that they can come home, they, they can, we can be there for them. And, you know, if you want to be a, a, a teacher, if you want to be a YouTuber, if you want to be president of the United States, whatever you want to do, we're going to help you to be supported. Um, and you know what, we make mistakes, but it doesn't, doesn't change how much, you know, we love each other. Um, so I think it's important for our family, just, you know, we, we try and drill that into our kids, you know, always, they always will know and feel that they're loved. So, um, Anyone else want to add to, to that or did that spark any, any other thoughts uh, on kind of family values and um, kind of a shared mission? Uh, so I was watching the Facebook Live and Larry Cooper 
uh, coming into Sam Browse, your wife is a saint. So I don't know, I don't know if you know Larry, but he was commenting on your, uh, your comments there. And so um, one of the things at, at bedtime that I normally would do, you know, we'll have kind of like a bedtime routine. And I typically tell them, you know, hey, you're my son. You'll always be my son and I'll always be your daddy. There's nothing you can ever do to change that. And, you know, sometimes I'll say something random, especially when they're younger. Like even if someone paints you purple and puts a trunk on you and calls you an elephant, you'll still be my son. You know, those kind of things. And so it's similar. It's like, like what you're saying, Ryan, you, you're, you will always be loved. You will, you're not just valuable because you're going to bed on time, but you're valuable because you are my son. And there's absolutely nothing that can ever change that. You are biologically my son. There's nothing you can change that. So that's one of the things that, that I do to help show them that value. Yeah. And you know what I absolutely love, you know, uh, I know, I know Dave and, and KB uh, a bit more than I know you personally, Jeremy, but what I know and what I see is everything that all of you are talking about, I see it in your professional careers. I see it in your personal lives. And you're not just saying it here on this, this, uh, this video. Um, you're, you're actually living it and hearing you say it. And, you know, then, then I see how you guys, you know, Dave and how your team has respect for you and then how you show respect and, you know, how just uh, you, you go about your day and KB the way that same thing, how you're respected and the way you showcase respect and uh, Jeremy likewise too. And that's what's really awesome about this. And I think that's, it's easy to just think, okay, this is just a, a podcast episode where we're just talking about wives or family, but there's so many parallels and it's not just what you do in your family. It's how you carry that into your professional life as well. And you know how you live, live those, those ordeal, those, those ideals. So um, it's really awesome to, to hear you put it into words because I see it firsthand just from, from knowing you guys and, and now knowing the, the wives too, which is, which is wonderful also. I'm going to play a little game right now. This is something that uh, I, I like to do at work. You know, I manage a team. I, I always try and be the best leader as I can, and I also recognize I do a lot of dumb stuff and things I need to stop doing and whatnot. So we're going to do a little game called Keep Doing, Stop Doing, Start Doing. No hitting allowed, Kim and Kevin and Dave and Annie. <laughs> so we're going to start with this. What's And let's go start with you, uh, Dave and Annie. What are one or two key things that you feel have been successful keys to maintaining your family dynamic, you know, things that are going well? What are like one or two key things that you're going you're gonna to keep doing? Making sure when we do have time to spend together that we do. And... Um being understanding of each other and helping each other when we can help each other. I guess that was three things. But. Yeah, that works. And I can tell Dave's like, yep, you got it, man. <laughs> awesome. All right, Bryles family, what are you going to keep doing? Um, that have been successful. I think um, we, we've learned after 20 years that sometimes to just be quiet <laughs> when you're stressed when or when the other one is stressed there's a lot of times I'm venting off or he's venting off and you're not trying to solve the problem you're just trying to let them go and um you you, you try to do that to remind yourself that um we gotta let each other breathe sometimes and not fix it you're not fixing it um you know, stop doing. I think one of the things we learned uh, with the pandemic was um, sometimes 
we learn to say no to things that don't matter to us. You know, friends say, come over, we're going to have cake and we're going to play cards. Yeah, we're there. Because no, we don't have to do the lawn today. Or no, we don't have to, you know, um, it, it's, there's so much loss this past year. Um, we've all seen it. We've all felt it. Um, and, and not all of it had to do with COVID. There's just so much, there was a lot of tragedy on top of COVID this past year, very personal. Um, and so, you know, you start to look around and you're saying, um, I'm going to stop doing things that don't fill me with joy. Um, you know, so, and, you know, and start saying yes to things, um, more things that we do enjoy. Keep laughing. I mean, we're so stupid. Sometimes we just look at each other. We're like, what is going on? And, uh, and again, that, to have a strong sense of humor and, and just have thick enough skin where you can laugh at yourself. You know, that, that's what makes the world go around right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jeremy, what about you? What, uh, what are you going to keep doing? Sarah said the, I need to keep prioritizing the family time. And uh, I feel like we do that pretty well. You know, even this morning coming in late, it was, all right, well, I'll take the boys to Chick-fil-A early because they have Chick-fil-A free breakfast today. So, you know, I'll take them, start spending time with them there. And then we go for a walk as, you know, me and Sarah and MJ. So that type of thing, just prioritizing instead of like, okay, well, I need to go into work early just because I need to. No, I need to stop and invest that time. So I think that's the one thing she said I need to make sure I keep doing is prioritizing the family. Awesome. Awesome. And for, for me, and I know I'm speaking you know, for my wife, but you know, we're going to keep making our, our kids a priority. And like I said before, always showing them that they're, they're loved in whatever way we can, um, making that a priority. So stop doing McEwen family. What are you going to stop doing? I think uh, stop coming, trying to help her when I get home. Sometimes I'm creating more damage, trying to help her cook dinner or whatever. So I said, now I'm like, all right, can I do anything to help you? She's like, no, go, go in there. So, okay. So just try not to be a pain if I don't need to be. Cause I immediately want to go and help her when I get home. But sometimes I'm like, Hey, all right, tell me what you want me to do and I'll do it. You know, sometimes it's easier just to do it yourself. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I get that a lot too, Dave. It's okay. It's not just... <laughs> uh, any other any other stops you want to add in there, Bryles family? I, I think just again, just to kind of piggyback on all what Kip says is is stop saying yes to everything. Be more selective about what you're saying yes to. You can still be motivated. You can still be focused and driven, but just be a little bit more selective as far as where you want to you know, transfer your energies into and make sure it's, you know, not only good for your profession, but good for you and your family. So. I, I don't think many of us know how to do anything at less than a hundred percent. And so that's one of the, um, it's a great flaw, but the balance, and I think we've all said that word tonight is balancing and remembering that, um, that your family, you know, when, when, when my mother died um, in 2014, and we made a very crazy decision to, to move back. And, you know, he, he had to be all in. It was my family that needed our family. And, um, you know, and it, it was really changing the lives of everybody, five people in a family. And we, we did that. Um, and we gave a lot of ourselves up for a little bit. And 
So, you know, you want to, you still got to put yourself, self-care is important, but you also got to remember your family and, but you have to work to pay for it. So there's like, you're balancing all, it's a juggling act, but your family has to come first. Absolutely. Jackson family, stop. What are you going to stop doing? Sarah told me I need to stop tweeting or Facebooking or Instagramming whenever I get home. And so... At times, like I'll go through waves where I, you know, do I put the phone away, but then sometimes I keep it in my pocket because I'm a nerd or geek, whatever it is, and I have all that Google stuff, and you know I can control the lights and the colored lights with my phone and that kind of thing. And we like to look stuff up. You know, one of my sons loves trivia or facts, and so like, oh yeah, is that right? Well, let's look it up real quick, and that and that kind of thing. But then it's in my pocket, so then I just look on Twitter because I have to fill that space with something and. Uh, that kind of thing. So one of the things I need to stop doing is putting my phone in my hand during that family time. I appreciate it. Well, you're a celebrity, Jeremy, you know, so everybody's just wants a little bit of that knowledge. I know. (laughs) Um, for me, I'm just speaking personally. I need to stop assuming, (laughs) assuming that I know, assuming that I think I know what she's thinking because you know what they make, they say about assumptions, right? (laughs) So, um, you know, I, I'm really bad at that. I, I think I, I think I know what might help when in reality, I should just simply ask, what can I do better? Or, you know, what can I do to help instead of just assuming that I know the answer to it. So that's what I personally need to stop doing. So, all right, last one. McHugh family, what are you going to start doing more? Uh, we'd love to be able to find time to do more fun things as a family. And of course this is post COVID whenever that may be, because right now there's not a lot we can do, Uh, but more, you know, going more places, visiting more places, going to more vacations (laughs) when we can, just more as a family instead of just staying home as a family. Like I feel bad, like he has been able to go to like the park and play on like play structures with kids and like do things that age should be doing. I can't wait to get him out. Just, it's about him. You know, getting him out to expose things, and and he hasn't made any friends here really. Still, he he facetimes friends from back in Virginia still, so he needs to meet people here. And you know, that that what I feel worse about. It's hard not him. being in school. Yeah, yeah. We miss them in school. I I want the kids in school so bad. It, yeah. it it's. I want them in my classroom. I want them all. I want to yell at them. I want them. <laughs> <laughs> to tell them to be quiet. <laughs> like, I miss them. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully get there very soon. Hopefully get there very soon. Uh, Browse family, what are you going to start doing more moving forward? I think to kind of piggyback off what Dave and Annie said was, you know, doing things together. You know, we got one that's halfway out the door. We have another one that's a year or two. He's going to be out the door. So if we look at these these trips or these family times together, um, you know, it's it's going to be less as opposed to more. So to really take advantage of those times and maybe cherish them and and maybe sense, set sort of parameters or, or timeline where we make sure we are doing this. You know, every couple of months, maybe we need to go, or every month we need to go out to dinner. Or Annie, I like your style as far as more vacations. That's, um, that's I, I'd love to see more of that. So that's, I think that's what we need to collectively start doing. And I, I need, personally, I need to communicate more when, you know, I get pissed, I just shut up and I just 
hunkered down and I'm, I'm sure that's not good for anything. And I got to get better at that. <laughs> you can call me anytime, Dave. Uh, uh, KB. <laughs> and Dave, too. Awesome. Yeah. Appreciate that, Ryan. All right, so I think so. I'm up next. So, uh, Dave, it's actually funny. My wife always says that things are calmer when I'm not home. Like that, I wear that I wear them out. Like whenever I'm home, I'm like, all right, well, let's go do this. Let's go do this. I do this, and she's like, well, finally, you're back at work, so we can be on a normal schedule now. So, so it's kind of funny that that you're not in this alone, right? So yep. I try to come home and help, but it's like, look, just just go out back. Just go out back, right? <laughs> so and apparently the thing i need to start doing is listening because i don't remember at all what my wife said on what we need to start doing as a family um so i'm gonna have to pass on this one ryan look I, you took the words out of my mouth man i need to listen more <laughs> i'm good at talking i need to listen more uh, i've gotten better at it over the years i'm thankful appreciative of that but um yeah that's definitely my my start doing is listening more and trying to get my kids to embrace that as well too, you know, but it's tough for young kids to get them the concept of listening, taking a pause before you respond. So trying to find ways to impart that. (laughs) People are pretty interesting. If you listen to their stories, people have great stories and I, maybe it's because I'm a history teacher. I'm always interested in people's stories. Cause once you crack the surface, people are pretty, it's amazing, everyone's family story or life story. You're like, man, really? <laughs> you can learn something from everyone you come in touch with. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's something we have to definitely learn. Well, before we leave our, our viewers with, you know, everyone's going to kind of give one action step or one, you know, issue a challenge to those out there of, of uh, something pertaining to family life. Is there anything else that anybody wants to add just – Dealing with the difficult times, you know, what things you're looking to move forward and to do even more to really continue to keep maintain that family relationship that you have. Just kind of an open floor right now. If anyone else, any any other thoughts you have on things to add to building your family relationships? I, I mean, I, I think this is, you know, it, it's been a terrible 10 months. There's no doubt about it, but it's, you know, firm believer, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You talk about a, a credible learning experience for resilience. Um, you know, these are stories when, when our kids are 40 or 50 years old. Hey, guess what? We, they sh- literally shut down school for four months. It was so bad. You know, there wasn't any toilet paper. What do you say about that? You know, things <laughs> along those lines. So, so I, I, it's it's you know we see so much nasty, but on the other hand, you, you you see some some incredible things from from so many people, and to just remind our kids to to look towards that, to look towards those behavior, embrace that as opposed to the negative, and you know it sounds hokey and idealistic, but is it really? It's it's just the truth. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think kind of piggyback is I, I just think people are stronger than they've realized are tougher than they've realized, but conversely, people can't be afraid to reach out to talk to somebody if they need to for their well-being. I think it's it's really both sides of the sword because it may be both sides at different times for people. So I think it's way more people realize that they need to talk to somebody, they need to do it for these kind of times that we're not used to hanging out with people like in the past. Yeah. Great point. That's a great point. All right, Kim, Kim and Kevin, what's something that you guys have done 
to connect with your kids? Because you said you have a 20, 17, 15-year-old kid, right? I think that's right. Um, what's something that you feel like has worked for you guys to connect with them? I mean, we, we actually pulled out board games again recently, just trying to like engage. It, it was some, you know, we got away from it. We were so busy. We were barely eating dinner together ever. Um, and, and so, you know, it, it's fortunately we have great friends, um, who are very grounded, um, and, and family oriented people as well, who, who guide us in the right direction and support us in the right direction. So that's, you know, um, oh, and our kids are very tight with their kids. So it, it, it was, it's always so, um, joyful to see how they support each other. Um, whether it's a birthday, whether it's a, some kind of sorrowful event, you know, that they come together and support each other, um, so that they're, they have a unit of friends like we have of friends. Um, and, uh, you know, so I, I think that's um, kind of with our kids, how we connect is by trying to lead an example of what it is to be a good friend, um, someone who's dependable and loyal, but also honest. Yeah. You know, we say all this stuff. We screw up all the oh, time. Yeah, we I mean, we are, we are a back alley dumpster fire. And, and it's... It's true. <laughs> I mean... This podcast isn't serious. No, <laughs> it's what you strive to be. Exactly. Exactly. So. But I think when we make mistakes, I mean, listen, we've messed up a lot. You just go, sorry, that was wrong. I lost it today. They moved my spin bike. I freaked out. I was like, who's on my bike? And they're all like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, why are you touching my stuff? Whatever. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, that just sounds like a maniac. Whatever. It's okay. I think my my little guy is so much into superheroes. He has hundreds of costumes he wears. So I have to be the bad guy and die like a thousand deaths as he changes into one costume, the other one. So he's really learned to like, he fights me all the time. So but I think it's tough to just connect the bond in a different way. Uh, something he likes, you know, and we'll watch the, all the Avengers and all superhero shows. He just loves all that stuff to death. And, uh, He's learned not to fight mommy because she wins all the time. <laughs> Who's your favorite villain? Who does he always make you be? Well, he picks a different villain for the, the right costume. So it's I'm everybody, depending on what it is. You know, okay. it's crazy. Do you have yeah. these costumes? Of course he does. Yeah, right. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So and my older son, uh, he just found the the gun that shoots the darts. So now he's like the Nerf gun. Now he's like, you know, like oh, watch out for your eyes because he just realized what it can do. So he's loving that. I came with Mike and started shooting me. I'm like, oh no, you know. So, but, too much. Uh, that's so crucial that we we connect with because all of us have you know multiple kids and they all have different likes. They have different interests, and you can't cookie cutter parent. You can't just treat every kid the same. You can love them the same, but you can't just get them all to do the same things. And, you know, my kids are all completely different and there's some, they're definitely overlap, but there's different interests. And so like the way I got to connect with my oldest Nolan is completely different than the way I got to connect with my daughter, Lila. And like, you know, that sounds the same thing with, with, with all of you too, is that's a matter of just being adaptable as a parent to, to listen to what they, it's important to them versus just what's important to you. You know, what's important to them 
find common ground and connect with them over it. And that's going to really help to build that, that bridge even deeper. And I can, uh, we, Jeremy, we don't have the teenagers yet, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm saying that now with young kids. But <laughs> so just a kind of a fun story regarding Nerf guns and connecting. The other day, Sarah was having a bad day, and we have a couple of like these long rifle Nerf guns or like sniper rifle type, type things. And so I was at one end of the hallway, and then I said, hey, uh, Sam, walk back and forth across the doorway, and I'm going to try and shoot you. So, so literally... Like he's like, oh, okay. Well, actually, I told it to my youngest son. He's like, no. And then my son, my middle son was like, yeah, I'll do it. So my younger two sons were walking back and forth across the doorway while me and the oldest son were trying to shoot them. You know, at that distance, it doesn't hurt, and it's pretty much impossible to hit them with a Nerf bullet. But then my, I call my wife in, and she brings the baby. And so we're all three sitting there trying to shoot the other two, and everybody's just <laughs> laughing and having a good time and just absolute nonsense. And why would somebody volunteer to get shot with a Nerf gun? But just finding that time to connect. So I think um, if you have any more funny stories, you know, I'd, be, I'd love to hear them. Um, and I'll start us off with the kind of like the challenge or the action stuff. So for you three guys here, I would highly recommend the book Date Your Wife. So I've read it. I've given it away to some guys that, you know, just got married. Um, I would highly recommend the book Date Your Wife. I talked about it last time. And it's kind of what you were talking about there, Annie and Dave, where you're being intentional and setting those uh, dates, setting those calendar times where you say, okay, well, once a month, we're going to go out to eat together without the kids. Uh, and then, you know, every six months, Annie's going to get a weekend away uh, by herself without anybody or with the girls or whatever it is, something like that. Um, and that gives them, you know, your wife that time so that she's ready to recharge and she can help build back into your life. So I would highly recommend reading that book to all three of you. So any funny stories or action steps? that you guys want to leave us with? I, th I think a, an action step, I'll give you both. An action step would be to put the phone down. I mean, if, if someone's in front of you, you know, or put the phone down, that text can return in five minutes. That email can be returned in five minutes. Um, I, I think putting the phone down, disconnecting a little bit and just being present is huge. Um, so Kim was pregnant with Liz. Um, and on Thanksgiving Day, uh, she was she was still a couple weeks away from delivering, and my dad does the films for our football team. So the play, the team we're playing is about an hour away. I didn't drive on a bus. I drove down with my dad. So we're on the sideline, and we had the special elaborate code all you know set up to when she was going to go into labor. You know, and so we're doing a pregame. We just warmed up. We're in this old school locker room, and I'm taping. I'm doing my thing. And I look down at my beeper. It's nine one one. That means she just told me her water broke because this was before cell phones. I'm like, God almighty. So typically I leave my keys in one of our sideline boxes. So I proceed to run through the marching band that's performing on the field. I take out the drum major and I go over to get where I put my keys. Then I remember I didn't drive. So my dad's up in a press box. I run through the band again, knock over another band kid my dad's up in a box and I'm yelling at him. He's a great guy, deaf as a door now. She's going into labor. All of a sudden, 500 people start cheering for me. I'm like, no, throw the keys down. And so it was just, it was, it was the epitome of a Keystone Cops and just the rookie dad move. I mean, by the third kid, I almost slept through it. So, so it's, a, it's amazing how things can change. 
Now, now I gotta ask, you really knocked over the drum major? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man on a mission. No, you know, as, as the band director, Scott McCarran at Dulce, great guy. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> That's funny. Meanwhile, he could have stayed for the whole game. I didn't deliver till like 1030 that night. My mom, when I called her, she said, just come to dinner. You'll be fine. And, you know, and I'm like, no, oh, I can't. My water broke. And she goes, stop it. We got to the hospital and we proceeded to sit there for eight hours. So my mom was right. She had seven kids. She knew what she was talking about. <laughs> That's her funny story. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh Hey, can you top that, Dave? And <laughs> those stories I can't tell in public. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you got an action step though to challenge the issue. Well, I, I think that that this is kind of the an action step. I thought was a good. I I've realized now that on this podcast, it's made me think a lot in a whole different way to change maybe my relationship with Annie. Uh, there's been a lot to take in over this. I'm, I'm glad we did this. I think it's been very helpful to me. So I think this is benefiting itself, just what we did tonight. I want to welcome everybody to the Jeremy Jackson Sports Medicine Therapy Session. <laughs> I was actually going to ask you guys, is this a secret like marriage intervention? I've <laughs> been planning it for years. <laughs> there's going to be a banner that pops up behind you that says intervention. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, I agree, uh, Dave. I agree. I felt like, you know, we, you go through periods of life, you go through the motions of just, you wake up, go to work, you do your thing, you're handling your stuff. You fold the towels, I'll do this, I'll, and you're just kind of managing. And, and uh, you know, it, while the, the pandemic kind of forced us to be in the home together, which we hadn't been for so long, um, it also, you know, uh, forces you to look at your marriage and at your family and what you're trying to do. Um, Cause we are not perfect. We have hopes and aspirations, but sometimes they're not in line all the time. Cause we're both, sure. so, you know, he was been with the president of the ATSNJ and I'm the president of my association at school. It's been a year like to be the leader of any organization at this time is beyond anything you signed up for. And you're just, you're trying to do your best back to the, you never do less than a hundred percent. And you're failing at every turn because this is an un, un, unprecedented <laughs> time. Right. You know, so. Right. No playbook. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Well, I, I appreciate all of you that you're sharing those, those, those tips and uh, challenges because I can definitely empathize and, uh, Take those, take those to heart myself. And I think my, my challenge to the athletic trainers out there listening is we place so much emphasis on continuing education, you know, pursuing you know, evidence-based practice and just always trying to sharpen our, our soul when it comes to our clinical skill set. Don't forget to do the same for your personal life. Don't forget to do the same for your relationships and invest in those. Um, you know, the, I, I'm, I'm going to grab the book, Jeremy, you, you, uh, you recommended. I definitely think I, I look forward to reading that because I know that's something I can do better. And, um, you know, just uh, give, giving the same commitment that we give to professional development in the medical realm, 
to personal development in communication skills, interpersonal skills, self-awareness, um, and development of empathy. So really investing, investing that time. That, that would be my, my last uh, action step I want to give. So I want to say thank you, Jeremy, for, for coming up with this idea and giving me the opportunity to co-host with you. And uh, Dave and Annie, Kevin and Kim and Jeremy, just for your, your openness to, to share all this stuff. Because, again, we don't talk about this stuff in public. I mean, <laughs> you know, this is now. Uh, yeah, yeah. now, exactly. Thanks for putting it online, Ryan. Welcome. <laughs> subscribers just saw this from worldwide. <laughs> so um, I'm going to throw it back to you, Jeremy, to wrap things up. But I just want to say thank you for, for everyone being on this tonight and taking some time uh, to, to invest in this. All right. So in just a second, I'm going to ask what the best way to get a hold of you is. If somebody wants to hear more about how you knocked over the, the uh, <laughs> band member or maybe even see if your father-in-law got that uh, on on. VHS or whatever it was at the time. Um, so if somebody can get a hold of you and just say, so I'm going to ask for that in just a second. Um, but I, when I mentioned how Sarah and I met, so when we, I went over to her house for the second time with a couple of my friends from college, for some reason in college, I thought it would be a good idea to wrap her house like the second time I'd ever been over there. So we went and bought toilet paper at this corner store, went back and wrapped her house. The This girl that I'm trying to date, I, I don't know what it was, but just... So she wrote, she commented that in the Facebook. So I just wanted to make sure that I threw that out there. I don't know why she puts up with me and the things that I do. Like when we first started dating, I had this mustache and like this Afro thing. Like I'd grown my hair out and I just, I would poof it out because one of the, one of the basketball players said, Hey, why don't you poof that out like an Afro? I said, Oh, okay. And one of the other guys said, Hey, let's all grow mustaches. Well, I was the only one that could do it. So I did. I don't know why she puts up with me, but she does. So I got to interject real quick. All right. Kate, okay, you're going to appreciate this. I too had bleach blonde tips when I first met my wife. <laughs> and I bleached myself because, you know, that was the cool thing to do back then on. I had a little hair and my wife had blonde, blonde streaks in her hair. So when we first met, we joked about how our hair was like the ugliest it's ever been when we first met. <laughs> <laughs> I had the bleach blonde tips in my crazy Short hair, and she had the, the 98 degrees, right? Who was it? Absolutely, man. Backstreet Boys. <laughs> <laughs> now, she, I don't think it was ugly. She was a hottie. That's why I wanted to date her. But you know, <laughs> you know I liked it. But um, yeah, that's uh, I mean, the things we look through, right? To connect. <laughs> I just all right, so we better end this before things get a little too crazy. So as I said in the beginning, Ryan hosts the Catalyzing ATs podcast. So you can um, look at catalyzingats.com, find that find the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Obviously, this is the sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash dads 3 So we know how to get a hold of Ryan. Uh, let's start with the McCune family. How do we get a hold of you guys if somebody wants to? I guess so. Uh... I'll give you my email. It's a D-M-C-C-U-N-E at scarletknights.com. S-C-A-R-L-E-T, knights, K-N-I-G-H-T-S.com. All right. Very good. And Kevin and Kim? You can, uh, Kevin, it's kbriles at delciaregional.us, K-B-R-I-L-E-S at D-E-L-S-E-A 
R-E-G-I-O-N-A-L.us. I know it's a lot of email. You can also follow me on Instagram at Delcy Athletic Training. All right. And I have those in the show notes. So if you want to reach out to them, maybe you have a funny story for Kevin and Kim about how you tripped up a band member too, and you just want to share it with them via email, then feel free to do that. Of course, I am Mr. Jeremy Jackson on social media, and this is sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash ATDads3. So for Ryan, my co-host for tonight, for Jeremy, my beautiful wife, Sarah, who's at home taking care of the kids while I'm up here cutting up, for Dave and Annie McCune, Kevin and Kim Bryles on the Sports Medicine Broadcast, that is a wrap. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Nice meeting all you guys. Thank you. Nice meeting you. Have a great one. Take care.